0: A Book of Comfort for Those in Sickness, Introduction and Chapter 1 Amongst the many wonderful truths which are spoken of God in the Bible, one of the most wonderful and beautiful is that he is a God of comfort. Comfort is such a soothing word in itself that, the moment we hear of it in connection with God, we are led to expect great things, some cheering, some lifting up, some refreshment, some ease, some lightening of our trouble, something very good. There are sick beds without God, and then, of course, there can be little comfort. No wonder that the days are long and dreary, and the night's full of blackness, when a man has to bear his trouble alone, when he has no God to talk to, no God to talk to him, when, if he does think of God at all, it is only with fear, lest this illness may bring him into his presence, or else with discontent, thinking that it is he who has laid this upon him. These pages are not written for such as want to have a sick bed without God, except indeed to show them a more excellent way. Should this little book fall into the hands of such a one, then it says, Dear friend, you cannot help being ill, being in bed or on the sofa or even in an armchair, for many people on sofas and in armchairs are quite as ill and quite as much to be pitied and quite as much in need of comfort as those who cannot stir from their beds but you can help being as unhappy as you are. All these circumstances need not be comfortless. They are so only because you shut God out from them. But what about God being a God of comfort? Everything depends upon that. You who do not look to him, and you who do, are the one as badly off as the other, unless God be a God of comfort. Now, for all our sakes, the first and best thing to do will be to see what his word says about him, because there first, and in the experiences of his people next, we are to find him. And if we find him to be this God of comfort, then you have misjudged him hitherto, when you thought him an enemy, and unkind, and a judge, and an avenger, and nothing else. Now and henceforth be encouraged to think of him in a new light. Speak good of his name, says the psalmist. That is what I want to do in the forefront of this little book because if you can be persuaded to think good of him, you shall have all the benefits spoken of here, and I should like every sick one who reads these pages to get all the blessing to be richly comforted. Blessed Lord, this is a book of comfort, and that it may be so indeed, first we must be sure of what you are. O most worthy judge eternal, we have no comfort in ourselves, and unless you have revealed yourself as a comforting God, we could have had none in you. Your justice and power and majesty are no comfort to us if they are alone, for we are only vile earth and miserable sinners. It is what you tell us of yourself that gives us any joy. We would not presume to look for comfort in the direction of yourself if you had not pointed out to us the way. But now that you have done this, from you and the things concerning you alone shall come our comfort and our peace. Yes, from you, O Holy Spirit, the Comforter, by whom the Father's peace pervades the soul. Show yourself to us, as you are in your word. Comfort us with the kindness that there is in yourself, and speak peace to all the readers of this book, for the sake of the great peacemaker, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Chapter 1 Is God a God of comfort at all? The question at the head of this chapter must be settled before this little book can be to its readers what I earnestly desire it should be, that is, a book of comfort. For many, a sick man will say, The last place where I can seek for comfort is with God. Is not this the great God who is full of power and majesty? Is not this the one who made heaven and earth? Why should I think that he will concern himself about such small affairs as mine? And even if we think that he will, we are inclined to say, Is not this the one who I have offended, whose laws I have broken, whose calls I have rejected, who is purer of eyes than to behold iniquity? And when I call to mind what I have been and what I am, surely he is the last one I ought to go to for comfort. All this is quite reasonable. I should have not a word to say against it, and I myself, instead of trying to write a comfort book, should have to give myself up to entire despair if it were not that God had told me certain things in his word about himself, which warrant me in making my comfort book and in saying to everyone who reads it, it is all for you, all, my dear friend, without any abatement or reservation, all for you. God wills you to be comforted, and that comfort he wills you to have by having himself. So far from God's not willing you to come to himself for comfort, what he speaks most plainly about is against your going anywhere else. He knows you are in need of comfort, one from one cause and another from another. Every man's trouble is not the same, and even if it were the same, it does not touch on the same point precisely or in the same way. But whatever it is, and however it works, the cry is that we should not forsake him, the fountain of living waters, and hew out for ourselves broken cisterns which can hold no water. Scripture tells us that God is a jealous God, and he is not only jealous of a man's worshipping any other God, but of his being put second in anything, and, amongst other things, in comforting. No doubt there is comfort to be had from friends, and from books, and from visits of ministers, and from many other sources, but they must all be put under God. Otherwise they will be like Job's comforters, Miserable comforters are you all. They will give way in some unexpected time and manner and leave us with nothing because we had not God. But let us see from Holy Scripture how God himself appears in this matter of comfort. Do we find him very plainly here? St. Paul tells us very plainly what God himself is in this way. He had just been wishing grace and peace to very comfortable things to the Corinthian church. And where were these to come from? from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the Apostle, as though he could not restrain himself when he came to speak of these good things as coming from the Father, breaks out into this grand description of praise to him. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. 2 Corinthians 1, 2-4 Then, farther on, in chapter 7, verses 5 and 6, he gives us an example of how God comforted. The comfort came by a human hand. It came at a most seasonable time, for trials just then were very heavy, but it came from God. And Paul distinctly traced God in the way in which his comfort came. I am filled, he says, with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation, for when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforts those who are cast down, note that phrase, it just suits you, comforted as by the coming of Titus. God has his own times and ways of comforting. I would not only just draw your attention to the fact that the apostle speaks of him as one who is in the habit of comforting those who are cast down. It comes in quite naturally, and not as something strange and wonderful, and out of the way, which had happened here, but may never happen again. Some people speak of God as though there is no comfort in him at all, and that Jesus is to comfort us by enabling us to escape from God. But the apostle Paul saw the Father and the Son both one in this blessed work of comfort. And if there is no other verse in the Bible to comfort a poor soul, then the 16th and 17th verses of the second chapter of Second Thessalonians ought to do so. They ought to bring a man to God himself for comfort. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God, even our Father, which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. The psalmist, a man, as you know, of many troubles, found his comfort in God himself, not in running away from him, but in coming to him. It was upon what God said that David relied, and and if that had not been something comfortable, it would have been of no use to him. Remember the word unto your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has quickened me. Psalm one nineteen, forty nine 49-50. And again he says in verse 76, Let I pray you thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to your word and to your servant. The 86th Psalm is a great mingling together of light and darkness. There are very deep things there. The soul is spoken of even as being delivered from the lowest hell, but God is equal to all the need. David asks to have his soul made to rejoice, And to whom does he look to do this? To God. And because he did, he found the help and comfort that he sought. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength unto your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Show me a token for good. That they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because you lord have held me and comforted me when david was utterly perplexed he said in the multitude of my thoughts within me your comforts delight my soul psalm 94:19. and when the time of all times for comfort should come then god is the god of all comfort would be at hand yea, though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, verse 4. Now let us look for a moment at the prophets, for it will be a grand help to us if we have it firmly grafted in our minds that God Himself is the one to go to and search after comfort. Zion had greatly sinned against the Lord, and according to the usual rule of God's dealings, after the sin comes punishment. Zion ought never to have known waste places, or a desert, or a wilderness. And certainly, considering what Jerusalem had done against God, he might naturally have been supposed to be the last quarter in which she would seek for any comfort. But the word which the Lord told the prophet to speak was a word after his fashion, and not after man's. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Isaiah 51, verse 3. Observe how God is acting with the largeness which is becoming to himself. Whenever there is great largeness of blessing, we may be sure that it is he that it is at work. For his work is a fullness of blessing like a number and variety of precious stones, all set in the one ring and given to the one person. This is God's way of comforting. The angel of the Lord in Zechariah chapter 1 cried to God on behalf of Jerusalem and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cries of Judah against which you have had indignation these three score and ten years? The angel does not hide the fact that the one he cried to is the one who had in righteous judgment permitted all the trouble. Yet from that very one comes the comfort. And the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with good words and comfortable words. And here, as in the other case, comes the profusion of his mercy. Thus says the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Similarly, in Jeremiah, he says of himself, For I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them. 31 verse 13 And will speak comfortably unto her, he says in Hosea 2.14 I am he that comforts you, he says in Isaiah 51.12 And in the day of thanksgiving, this is to be the song Isaiah 12.1 O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comforted me. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wrath and smote him. I hid me and was wrath, and he went on forwardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Isaiah 57.17-18 Many of these texts will meet us again. I desire them now to be of use in this one blessed particular of bringing us nearer to God himself. And these three things I set in the forefront of my little book. First, get firmly convinced that God, God himself, God the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our Father, is a God of comfort. Read these many declarations which he has given of himself, over and over again, until you ingrain the idea into your hearts. Believe that comfort is a thing he thinks about, values, knows the need of to us. Second, do not look anywhere else for your prime and first comfort. I do not deny that there is much comfort in friends, in happy feelings, in books, in many of the surrounding circumstances which prove alleviations in illness but I want you to gather in your thoughts and feel that the only sure comfort is with God. Third, expect comfort from God. Man's expectation is generally a prelude to God's action. We must first open our mouth, and then he will fill it. We must fill the water pots up to the brim, seeing that he's going to turn all this water into the good wine. Let these texts put you into the proper attitude of expectation. Say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Let God know that there is somebody looking to him for comfort, some poor child of his unsatisfied and in want, and that is you. And who knows but that even in the very pages of this little book, he may give you all you need.